Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? <laughs> yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today I'm joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kitty. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style, and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does, and, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. There's so many things that we can do to make America freer and the world better and safer and more peaceful. Everybody has the responsibility of trying to help to do that. You know, what you're doing with your podcast is a perfect example of, you know, you're doing this as a labor of love and for the cause, and that is exactly what we have to have. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Heidi ho there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and you are in store for, yes, another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show, and we are getting a returning guest to join us back here on The Brian Nichols Show. This week, I am joined by the one, the only, Larry Sharp, and Larry obviously uh, came to national prominence when he ran as the uh, Libertarian candidate for New York State Governor up in my home state of New York. Um, And he ended up coming in fourth place, but hey, he gave a heck of a run. And today he's on the show to discuss not only his candidacy for uh, for New York State Governor, um, but also to discuss uh, what he's doing now. Uh, his full sharp campaign as he continues to go across New York State, talking to people all over God's green earth. And trust me, New York State, believe it or not, is quite a big state, especially in the North Country. It is huge. It's mountainous country. It's it's you know middle of nowhere in some places. So God bless Larry for for literally going to every single county in New York State and still promoting the libertarian message that we so desperately need to do. Um, but also, we get to discuss Larry's new uh, media empire, The Sharp Way. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to r- ruin too much of the episode, because Larry, obviously, is always a fantastic guest with a lot of information to give. So, with that, on to the show, Larry Sharp returning to The Brian Nichols Show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to have the, the one and only Larry Sharp, uh, who was easily the most well-known libertarian candidate outside of, uh, what, Gary Johnson in the past, what, five years or so? So, uh, you know, the, the pleasure is all on this side of the microphone. So thanks again for uh, for stopping by, Larry. And I really wanted to take a second and and first and foremost to maybe the, the three or four people in my audience who don't know who Larry Sharp is. Just give us a brief, you know, intro as to who you are, your your kind of uh, venture into the politics, if you will, very briefly, and then we'll kind of dig more into the uh, the campaign things after that. Yeah, um, I appreciate the intro that you've just given me. I do. And I spend a lot of time on podcasts like this because podcasts are the new media. They're important and they're valuable. Um, yours in particular is a very valuable and important. So, of course, I'm going to come on. Um, it, it matters. The second thing is, um, you know, who am I? Well, I'm a guy who ran for office in 2016 uh, to be the VP for the for the Libertarian Party. I then ran for governor of New York again as a, as an L, meaning uh, as a Libertarian in New York State, and we got ballot access for the first time ever. Um, we had tons of media coverage. We built a media library. And we've built a nationwide team that is still now growing, and we're part of a movement, and I'm not stopping. 
that's who I am. I love it. And and you mentioned one thing, Larry, that I think is super important, and that is that you you helped lead New York State to get ballot access for the Libertarian Party for the first time ever. And that's that's a huge thing. So I think people who are outside of New York State politics don't understand how rigged it is for anybody who doesn't have a D or an R next to their name to actually run on the the ballot as a, a libertarian, a green, a, a working families, what have you, you you literally have to you know fight blood, sweat, and tears, or in some cases pay money just to to have your name appear in the ballot. So what you did over there in New York, it, it, it cannot be understated how valuable that was, not only from a financial standpoint for the LP, but also just having the ability to have our name now uh, on the ballot consistently. So number one, thank you for that. I cannot you know thank you enough being not only from New York State originally myself, but also as a libertarian. Um, but let's kind of dig into that 2018 campaign. Uh, you were running against Andrew Cuomo and uh, oh, Marcus Smellinaro, I believe, was the Republican candidate, the, the sacrificial lamb. And uh, yep. you, you ended up coming in, I believe it was third or, or fourth place, correct? And uh, in, in, uh, depends on how you look at it. Um, officially, I came in, I think, fifth officially. A uh, fourth? Fourth. I think fourth officially. Gotcha. I, th- I think I'm in fourth officially. But in reality, I didn't. And not that it matters. I only say this for people who supported me to give them a warm, fuzzy feeling. I only got 2% of the vote, but let me give you the warm, fuzzy feeling piece. The ballot was so broken that I was the only candidate on a second column. Everyone else was in the first column. So the second column meant that some of the actual uh, machines couldn't read my vote. The second thing is I was the only uh, candidate, not only in the same column, on a second column, but also on the same row as somebody else. So people often thought that Stephanie Minor was my lieutenant governor, and they checked both, <laughs> which makes that a voted vote. And New York State had six figures worth of voided or blank ballots uh, for governor. You tell me that's normal? Not even close. The highest they've ever had. Yeah, not at all. So all of those votes are actually my votes. Now, does it really matter? No, because I didn't win, right? I, I lost by about 2 million votes. So <laughs> even if 200,000 are mine, it doesn't make me governor. However, I hope that those people who supported me can get a nice warm fuzzy feeling knowing that we actually did come in third. Well, you know, and you did one thing too that that's beyond the warm fuzzy feeling is you actually did give people some tangible hope because um you know as being someone from New York state it really was, you know, especially since Governor Pataki left and and yeah. let's be real, Governor Pataki was hardly a a you know really staunch conservative or or what mm-hmm. have you conservative Republican. Um but as a Republican, you know, he was the last Republican governor and then we had um Elliot Spitzer, David Patterson and now we've had Cuomo now for yeah. uh my gosh, I think like almost 10 years. And yeah, um no. there there's really been no alternative in New York state politics. We've seen officially the New York State Senate flipped to Republic or from Republican to Democrat this past uh, election cycle. Uh, the Assembly's been Democrat for forever. And really, a lot of Republicans or just conservatives or libertarians or just limited government constitutional folks felt hopeless and, and homeless, honestly, because the GOP really hasn't done too much to give them a sense of relevancy or, or really gave them candidates that would stand up on principles. You've been really the, the alternative. You you stood up and you said, hey, this is what I believe and I'm going to fight for it instead of, you know, pussyfooting around the issues and just trying to be a wishy-washy, moderate, another, you know, run-of-the-mill Republican. Well, yeah, the, the, to be full with you, um, I try to talk both left and right in New York State. I really did. And I actually speak more to the left now after the election. But prior to the election, only the right would want to talk to me. The left just thought, shut up, Larry. We don't want to talk to you. The right <laughs> actually spoke to me. So I actually wound up with more media on the right than on the left. Um, but it wasn't because I actually cared either way. But the reason was the right felt, as you said, abandoned. So they were more open to talking to me. They felt like they had nobody. So they said, you know what? We'll talk to this guy. 
which is my point on libertarians in general, right? Libertarians will be the people who the disenfranchised can go to, right? If you're in New York, it's easy as Republican to come to libertarians because you don't have a party. If you're in Oklahoma and you're a Democrat, easy to come to libertarians because you don't really have a party in Oklahoma. So it depends upon where you go, where the easy guys to come to. But more important than that, I actually spent time talking about real issues and what actually mattered and how to fix problems. You know, the, the, the biggest issue that I come up with all the time is don't vote third party. It's a wasted vote. And here is what I tell people for that in my specific race in New York State. If you voted for the Democrat, if you were a Democrat and you cared about Cuomo and you wanted him to give you, you know, uh, prison reform, cannabis reform, and you wanted that stuff, you threw your vote in the garbage. Because what did he do? Nothing. He didn't help any unions. He's still he's still anti-union. He's still anti-cannabis. He's still um, pro-prison industrial complex. He's changed none of that stuff. You spent your time, money, energy, and vote on him. You threw your vote away. If you're a Republican and you spent your time trying to get the Republican to go, you know, hey, I'm going to spend my money and my time, my vote. He lost and he's gone. He's He went away like they always do. He went away and he's back to his own place and ignoring everybody else's plans are in the garbage. So you wasted your vote. But if you spent your money, time, and energy on me, and you vote on me, my ideas are actually happening. I was the only pro-2 candidate in the entire race. And doing that, my idea uh, with dealing with our SAFE Act here in New York State, with if you're in New York State, the SAFE Act is a very strong anti-gun bill. Law, I'm sorry, law. And I was Correct. talking about how we have to spend some time kind of non-enforcement. That's how we get rid of it, showing how invalid it is. That's already happening in Western New York. There are sheriffs now in Western New York who have followed my advice and are simply not enforcing it, and it's working. Not just that. I wanted to fix the MTA. I talked about how we deal with our unions. Our unions, we can copy other cities that have unions and safety to make better unions and make it safer and faster and cheaper. We are four times more expensive in New York City than any other major city. They're doing that. They were going to shut the L line down. For those of you who don't know, in Brooklyn, it's an L line goes from Manhattan to Brooklyn. They're not shutting it down. They're not doing that. Why? They took my idea. Not just that. I was the only candidate to talk about fixing our Erie Canal, making it commercialized, getting it away from the government parks and rec, which just we drop $100 million every year in it and we make $5 million. That, by the way, is a bad math. So <laughs> in case you didn't know, that's terrible. So now there's actually a committee now to figure out how to commercialize the Erie Canal. That's my idea. Another idea I came up with was how do we raise money through ways other than taxation? Right. Like naming rights on the dozens of bridges we have throughout the state, particularly in the New York City area. Right. In a 16 million metro person area, you can lease a naming right out. And boy, they drop one hundred million dollars a year for something like that. So now in D.C. and Florida, they're not looking at those experimenting now to see if we can bring it to other areas. So if you spent your time, money and energy and vote on me, you actually got something. Your vote was wasted mm -hmm. for the other two parties, not for me, because I was the only one who had ideas. If you're a Democrat or Republican. All you do is yell about the other, right? You yell, I'm going to protect you from the other. If you're a Democrat, you want to give me everything and spend money. If you're a Republican, you're going to protect me from everything and spend all my money. So that's all you want to do. Well, I don't want to give, I don't want to give you stuff or protect you. All I want to do is give you the best opportunity to be happy. I talk all the time about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. People very often think, the Libertarian Party is about freedom or small government or liberty. And I say, no, it's not about any of those things. It's about you, the individual, being able to be as happy as they can be and pursue happiness. Now, what, what do you need for that? You need freedom and liberty and less government. But those things are a means to an end, not the end itself. Because something else we have to realize, 
some people don't want to be free. And that's okay too, as long as they don't force others to be free. If your happiness requires you to not be free now, good for you. I don't mind. Just don't bother someone else. If I could, so really, let me jump in here because this is one question I actually had, and and I I noticed this myself too, uh, just in talking with people. So I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I was up in uh, New York and I was talking to some friends, and and you know they're both very into public education, and and they were you know horrified at my talking about how terrible public education is and in just the public education system, especially in New York state. And, you know, I was thinking back to when you were on Joe Rogan and I think you were actually like the only third party candidate, that entire election cycle that Joe Rogan had on. So that's, that was huge in my book. Um, but there was one issue that came up and that was education. And I think there's just such an emotional tie to the education of kids that people cannot seem to get rid of their emotions and look at it objectively. And it's just like, no, we need to do what we can for our kids and throw more and more money at it. And I, I noticed there was that no, no, one. I don't think that's it. There's no? two things. Let me touch Joe Rogan and that. The, the, the first one is Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, me and him talking in the beginning, that was 100% my fault. And the reason was I was campaigning like there was no tomorrow. I literally flew in that morning and flew out that night. So I was on the campaign trail talking to New Yorkers that day, then went off that morning, talked to him, and then went back to talk to New Yorkers. So what does that mean? He's not a New Yorker. I was talking to a New Yorker. He, him and I were talking past each other. For example, he was saying things like, well, the teachers will, will have less money. And I'm like, in my head, that, that's impossible. New York State is a unionized state, the most unionized state in the entire country. Teachers unions are strong. An average teacher in New York State makes $80,000 a year. That's the average, uh, skewed obviously by New York City. But that's the average. So, I mean, there's there's no way that that's going to happen. But you know what? If you don't know that and you're looking at Kansas or Kentucky or Oklahoma, where sometimes teachers struggle desperately, I could see where Joe would go. I didn't preface this and explain the New York system prior to talking to him. So I just I couldn't get what he was saying. So gotcha. as far as Joe Rogan goes, that was my fault. I spent all my time with New Yorkers and he's not a New Yorker. And I should have prefaced him before I chatted with him. That was my error. But the second piece. It isn't that people are so emotional and tied to it. You have to remember something. The vast majority of people, specifically Democrats, but most people, they cannot imagine anything other than government. So when you attack government, you're saying in their eyes, I want nothing, which is why you never heard me say abolish anything. Because right. when you talk about abolishing, the average American hears, now my kids are going to be stupid or now there'll be nothing. I always talked about alternatives that go next to what already exists so that that alternative will do one of two things, either make what exists better or make what exists obsolete. Either way we win. This is why you talk that way. If you talk about just how bad it is, people think here, they hear you wanna get rid of it. That's simply not gonna work. They're not gonna hear it. They just, they don't hear it. It doesn't matter what it is. But next, when you talk about actual issues, you don't want to talk about the solution. You want to first talk about common ground. Can we agree that we need a better education? So when I talk to people, I don't say, I, you, you never even go, Did the, your, your public education sucks, that's the end of it. I don't say that. I say, don't we want it to be better? Right. Isn't it not working right now? Don't we want a better? Yeah, I do. Well, then let I me jump in. So let me jump in really quick because that's one thing I, I 100% agree with. And But the response that I found quite frequently, and I, I hear this quite a bit from, from libertarians when they're talking to, to people more on the left who, or just people who are you know kind of apathetic to looking at anything besides what the status quo is, they say, well, you know, your solution sounds like it might make things worse. So 
how how would you best you know as Larry Sharp the libertarian how best would you yep. take that argument saying oh, all these libertarian solutions they all sound great in paper but in reality they're just going to make things worse how do we fix that well there there are three ways of handling that number one is I would say I'm not getting rid of the current system so if you prefer the current system keep using it so like I can't that, make yeah, things like worse that. I'm not getting rid of it if you like the, if you think the current system is good enough keep it I'm not don't get rid of it it's voluntary no system I create is ever compulsory. I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian. Therefore, it's always voluntary. So the system's always voluntary anyway. So if you don't like it, good, stay in the public school. You think it's better, good luck. I'm not going to force you. Do what you want to do. So I'm never getting rid of your system off the bat. That never happens. But not just that. People will say, but Larry, if, if we change our healthcare system, people will die. They're dying now, aren't they? That's what I say. Are yep. they dying now? Well, yeah. Well, then what are you telling me? They're dying now. So the current system is killing them. What are you talking about? So either I tell them I'm not getting rid of your system, so still use it, or I say, isn't the current system failing right now? Well, yeah, it is. Okay. And the last piece I'll bring up, if they ever do that, is I say, all right, you know you know why when you say that it won't be worse, it's good enough, it's, it's just enough, and there's an at least, I call it an at least. It's at least this, at least that. I said, do the wealthy accept at least? And they go, what do you mean? Do the wealthy accept at least? No, they're in private schools, right? Sure. The wealthy don't accept at least. That's why they don't mind socializes or socialize that because who gets the at least? The poor. Right. So whenever you say it's okay at least, what you're saying is the poor get at least. The wealthy can still get whatever they want. But every policy I bring up, at least is not good enough. I don't want at least. I want more than at least. I grew up a poor kid in the Bronx. I don't want at least. Because the, the wealthy never get at least. So why would we accept at least for the poor? Right, I'm bored with you. And let, let's kind of just, uh, you know, as we wrap up the discussion about the, the governor campaign you had, um, you know, obviously you walked away from it and, you know, we, we all as libertarians were a little defeated, you know, watching you, you come in, in fourth place. But, you know, regardless, you, you were able to make a, a great name for libertarians and a great name not only for, for libertarians across, you know, New York State, but across the nation. I mean, there are people who are watching your campaign all over the place and just looking at what you were doing and, and honestly saying, okay, Larry has figured out the model. So walking away from, you know, your perspective now as, as the candidate, what would you take away from your campaign as the you know the libertarian running for New York State governor, and maybe a message you can give to other libertarians who are across the nation who are looking to seek elected office? What are kind of the the things you've learned that you can pass down to them? So either a they can do it you know the same because it worked well, or or you know, number two things that they can do better or things that they can avoid based on your learning. You are, and, you're and making support. this a huge question. Of course, I got um, it. It's, it's my job as a host. Come on now. <laughs> all right. Let me see what I can do. Uh, first things first. Um. What I learned and most of the stuff that happened, I expected to be forward with you. Most I expected. Um, in other words, I'll give you a couple examples. I never fired anybody for incompetence, even though we made tons of mistakes. I made them and so did everybody else on my team because I realized that this is a learning tool. This is, this is boot camp for us. You know, the, the Libertarian Party has a terrible culture of not helping, not growing, individuals running, not building teams. So I wanted to fix all that. I complained to National to create a, a, a policy library. They didn't, so I did. I come with the National to build a national infrastructure out. They didn't, so I did. So my campaign, over half the people in my campaign were not in my state. I had over seven directors, several dozen direct volunteers, and hundreds of indirect volunteers. And they were throughout the entire country. So I did it on purpose to build infrastructure. And many of the people who are on my campaign are now off on other campaigns. 
campaigns. And that was the goal. Right? I want to create that. That was the goal. So those failures that happened and those things I was expecting. So I didn't learn anything there. That was part of the plan. But here's the learning part. This is not a business. And I'm a business guy. And I began to run the campaign as a business. And that's a mistake. So for those of you business people who want to run a campaign, remember something. It's not a business. It's a passion project. You are the, are the center. If you're running for office, you are the center. It's a passion project. You must bring the passion. You have to constantly bring it. If you can't do that, you're going to fail. Don't think because you're smart this will work. You, passion and emotion is far more important as a candidate than logic and, and um, your business acumen. Get a good business manager if, need, if you need be. This is a passion project. That's the first thing I learned. And it, and it hurt me in the first couple of months. And then I realized what was up and I changed my entire – I changed everything after that. Um, the second piece is money is super important, more important than even I thought. I knew money was important and I was all about raising money, but money is super important. So I didn't realize that money gets you in the press, money gets you in the polls. I, I thought it was being real, having a real team, all those things, showing how real you are, getting out there doing events, getting into regular local press. I thought that's what mattered. It does not. It's all about cash. If you can buy advertisements, if you can buy polls, that's when you're in a polls and that's how that works. And those are things I learned. But with that in mind, you've asked, Larry, what would I tell people who want to run as libertarians? Let me tell you what, what you need to do. If you want to run because you think you speak well or you give people an option, stop. You're wasting my time. You're wasting our money and energy. Don't do it. It's a waste of time. No one cares. If you're just going to lose, you're going to get pissed off. You're going to follow what everyone else does. I'm going to run and be great. You're not going to do well. You're not going to get support from your LP because the LP still doesn't have a culture of helping. They don't know how to help you yet. I'm working on it. It'll give me some more time. So they're not going to be able to help you. The press is going to ignore you. The big parties are going to diss you and you're going to get your ass kicked. And then in the end, you're going to say, Libertarian Party sucks. You're going to walk away and never come back. That's the norm. I had to break that norm. I knew it was going to happen. That's why I'm still here. Even though I've lost, I'm still here. I'm still growing. I'm still helping others. I'm still supporting. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing all these things to to model the behavior that I want from others. I want others to copy to the best of their ability. So if you're going to tell me that, don't run. Here's what you need to do. If you can run, can you build a team of at least three people? If you say no, don't run. Can you take off at least the equivalent of three full days per week to campaign, to be in front of people, to be doing press, to be doing events, to be shaking hands, to be knocking on doors? No, Larry, I got a job. I got a family. Then don't run. You're not doing me a favor. You're actually hurting me. Don't run. Can you take a emotional punch in the face by the establishment and get back up? If you can't, don't run. Can you take a knife in the back from the people who are supposed to support you in a liberty movement? Can you take that knife directly in the back, then pull it out and give it back to them and still be friends? You can't do that. Then don't run. I want you to build a team. I want you to take time out. I want you to go through all the problems and issues and pitfalls and keep moving. If you can do that, then please run. If you can't do that, then please help someone to run. I am exactly the opposite of what most people in the LP believe. Most people believe, now we've got ballot access, we've got to put a thousand people on. No, I don't want a thousand people running. That is a waste <laughs> of time and energy. 100% agreed. I want like 10 people running, each one with a 100-person team. We have to build infrastructure. If we want to draw talent into this party, we must have infrastructure to absorb the talent. That's how it works. We're not doing that. That's what we must do. That's why I did it that way. I want others to follow me. 
So right now you're obviously, you know, still doing your, your campaigns all across Northern New York and, and, you know, to the Western New York and down to, to New York city and up to Northeast uh, New York, up in, uh, you know, the greater Plattsburgh area. And oh yeah, I, I, I'm all over. Oh yeah. And people, I've heard people say, Brian, why is Larry Sharp still going all over New York? Is he running again? And I said, Hey, I don't know. He's going to be on my show. I have to ask him. So are you running again for New York state governor? And number two, if not, what the heck are you doing going over New York state all over again? No, it's awesome. Two things. One, the reason why I'm going to New York state is, is what I said. We don't have a culture of helping. So I want people to start. So what am I doing? I'm literally going to people who are running now, like uh, Katie Martin's running in Utica, and I raised money for her. Dwayne Whitmer's running in Western New York for Congress. I'm out there raising money for him, right? So I'm out here raising money for people, showing them, running fundraisers, uh, giving them help, going on radio, talking about them. I'm trying to show people that just because you lost doesn't mean it's over. If you have any popularity, use it to help others. So I'm doing that, but not just that. I have to build out New York State, right? When New York State out of 62 counties only had 18 local county affiliates. Now we're working on 42. I want to build out 62. I want a county affiliate in every single county in New York State. That only happens if I show up because most people across New York State who voted for me aren't libertarians. They're libertarians. And I've got to make them libertarians. And I can't do that if I don't show up again introduce them to the party, get them to build out affiliates, get them to get in charge, get other people to run. And that takes time and money and energy. It just does. And if I don't do it, no one else right now in New York state can do it except me because I just ran for governor. So I want to take that and keep going. So I'm crossing the state to build out the infrastructure in the state. I crossed all 62 counties. I was the only candidate who did so. And I'll do that again this year. It's called the full sharp. And I'll do it again next year. Why? Because in the long run, when it comes to 2022, someone has to make sure we retain, we retain ballot access. If it's not me or if it is me, the way we do that is by having infrastructure. The second thing, uh, third thing I should have learned, which now you brought it up, when I would do events in counties that had an LP infrastructure, the events always went better. Because people would knock on doors, people would call the press, people would be there and show up, people would have a table there to collect signatures, people would be there to help me fundraise, right? Everybody would be there, sell t-shirts, sell bumper stickers. When there's an LP affiliate in the county, things went better. So if I get that LP affiliate in every county, whether it's me or anybody else running, we're going to make sure we keep our ballot access. That's the goal. I want to register by 2022, 100,000 libertarians in New York State. There were less than 7,000 last year. There's already over 20,000 already. <laughs> so I'm hoping for us to get over 100 by 2022, which opens it up because I may run again in 2022. I'm not a, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no, but I, I, I'm open to doing it again. It, it's it's so great to see that you're actually putting your money where your mouth is and actually go and do this because a lot of libertarians get stuck in you know the, the social media sphere and they think that online activism is is enough. And it's not. I mean, honestly, your, your Facebook groups are great and it's a great way to, to you know really really sharpen your, your libertarian skills and, you know, increase your libertarian bona fides, but it doesn't really mean anything unless you actually go out and do something with it and actually raise more people to, to join the libertarian movement or just to at least know what's going on besides what they see online. So thank you, number one, for, for doing that. Um, but also thank you for, for helping raise up those local in, in individual counties and their, their affiliations and such for, for not only the libertarian party, but just helping expose more people to the libertarian message. So I guess, that kind of segues perfectly into my next uh, question is that, you know, you've kind of gotten a little busy as of late in terms of not only you're going around New York State, but also getting involved with your new radio show. So you have um, Sharpway Media uh, with your new show, The Sharpway. So let's kind of discuss that. And what's been the feedback that you've had so far uh, with your, your new venture there on, uh, on Terrestrial Radio? 
No, it's uh, it's it's going to be great. I know. Um, the funny part is I've been I've guest hosted many you know terrestrial radio shows in the past. I, I used to be in radio many years ago, but um, no, they don't actually want me. They're like really? whatever. Yeah, they don't want me. So I said, well, but they, good. Would want, they would want a, a fourth place gubern, uh, gubernatorial candidate from New York State to have a radio show. That's that's, that's astonishing. That's, yeah, well, because I'm I'm not a conservative or liberal, right? You have to be one of those two, <laughs> right? If you're not one of those two, they don't do it with you. So no. So I just got basically no. So I said, okay, I'm doing it myself. What I always do, I ask and they go, no. I go, good, do it myself. I don't need you anyway. So I'm doing it myself. So um, I've raised money for it. So now I'm actually uh, making it happen. Um, I'll be starting it, I hope, by the end of this month or early next month, one of the two. I already have the Facebook page up. The the YouTube page will come up this this month sometime. Um, everything is, is, is on its way up. And what's going to happen, it's basically going to be a live show, like a radio show, with call-ins. So people call in live, talk to me about whatever they want. And it's about the idea that, look, right now the country is broken. It's going left and right, harder and deeper. The only way to fix this is for us to not force someone else to convert. What I spoke constantly about was the idea that you can be as liberal as you want or as conservative as you want. Just don't force others to be like you. If you don't want to use government force, you can join our movement. If you don't, if you just be left alone and let others be alone, you can join our movement. That's how you can have conversations. That's how you can actually make change. And that's how we can create a bond between two. The bridge between the left and right is freedom. That's the bridge. So we can create that bridge. That's the sharp way. It's actually about several things. One, it's about allowing people to be as happy as they want to be without infecting your happiness. But more importantly, it's about mutual respect, just respecting the other. I don't have to believe or agree or want to be around the other. I just have to accept that. Yep, that's her. That's him. They want that. Good for them as long as I can have what I want. And if we go that route, we can all win. We can begin to communicate again. And that works, by the way, in business, in politics, relationships, doesn't matter. If you can do that, you can win. That's what the show is about. People will call in, I'll talk, go back and forth. What I do well is I take questions on the fly. So I'm happy to do it. So let's uh, let's wrap up here. I'm, I'm just curious because you, you seem to have a pretty good pulse on terms of uh, – what's what's going on with with not only just the sentiments across the nation but also just you know that the political uh fe- fever right so going on with the tribalism and such and, and it seems like you have a pretty good perspective of it as to how to diagnose what's what's happening so i guess i would like to see kind of larry what's your prediction for for 2020 not only just the the election but kind of where we will end up as a nation do, do you see us kind of going towards some reconciliation or do you see us kind of going more into this this tribalism where we're in one camp and the other camp and then you know the rest of us are kind of sitting here in the middle you know hands up in the air stuck in the middle between them unless we get a real liberty movement by 2020 unless we get that we're in big trouble and that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this also. And it's, it's, a, it's a larger, bigger picture issue. I play the long game, right? I've been doing this since 2016. I play the long game. And I know this is the long game because I don't want to have to move out of New York State, which if things get bad in 2022, I'm going to have to. I don't have to leave the country. If things get really bad in 2024, 2028, I may have to do that too. I don't want to do either of those things. This is my state, my city, my country. I don't want to leave, right? I want to stay. But here's the reality. I want you to think for a second. What happens in 2020 if Trump wins? What will the left do? Yeah, exactly. It'll be horrible. What happens if Trump <laughs> loses? What will the right do? Yeah, it'll be horrible. It doesn't matter, right? Either way, whether Trump wins or whether the Democrats win, it doesn't matter. Either way, 
it's going to be the Russians did it, the Soros did it, the whoever did it, the deep state did it. It's going to be invalid, wrong, impeach him or her, whoever that person is, uh, fight more deeper, deeper, nothing gets done. It's going to be bad no matter what. My biggest fear is that there may actually be some violence. That's my biggest yeah. worry. We're, we're actually starting to see that right now. I mean, we, we just saw Andy No over in Portland get, you know, beat up by Antifa. And I mean, he had a brain hemorrhage. And like, that's, yes. that's, that's a guy, a, you know, a, a gay Vietnamese guy who's out there trying to just document what's going on. And he got, you know, bludgeoned with, with you know, they had like the, I forget, the, the rough knuckled, um, you know, tactical gloves, they called them. Yep. Um, you know, the cement milkshakes hitting. It's just, it's insanity because it's all over politics. And I, 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 th- I fear you're right, Larry. That's yes. kind of the way it's going. The only, because here's the problem. Since the second term of Obama, since that term, there has been blatantly no attempt to reach across the aisle. Now, the attempts to reach across the aisle have gone down for for decades, but at least ostensibly on the outside, every president, Obama in his first term, Bush in both of his terms, Clinton did it too, so did uh, the first Bush, even Reagan did. Every, Every one of these presidents, all of them said things like, we're together. There's only one America. I'm a uniter. They were all that way. At the second term of Obama, and then Trump just doubled down on that. It was, no, no, no. It's my guys to help with your guys. Now it's yeah. obvious. No one's trying to reach across the aisle. In fact, if you reach across the aisle, they hammer you. Have you seen what Democrats are doing in Tulsi Gabbard? Oh, they're, they're absolutely destroying her. Oh, they, my God. Yeah, she's an isolationist. She's she's a uh, Bashar al-Assad puppet. I mean, it's, oh, it's, yes. it's horrible. Just because she, just because she's someone who who will agree with Trump on a couple of things. If you agree with Trump on anything, you are now evil. But the right just is bad, right? Look, look at that. percent Oh my God, the guy doesn't agree with Trump. He's the evilest thing in the world. I mean, heckler. I had him on my show back a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, I I had to ask him questions that I never thought I'd have to ask a a libertarian slash conservative Republican. That was being asked by libertarian conservative Republicans that saying, you know, saying, oh, was he taken over by the deep state? And you know, yes. it, it's, it's like, what, what are we doing? Like That's Justin Amash, point, he he has one of the highest records for being the most constitutionally conservative cons- uh, Republicans, not not just Republicans, just congressional representatives in Congress. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like yes. we've gotten that tribal. It's insane. That's my point. Look, Justin Amash just said, um, I think Trump should be impeached. And he was a deep stater overnight. <laughs> Imagine whoever wins. If someone beats Trump, then it's completely deep state taking over the world. <laughs> it's it's going right? to be scary. Oh, no, you're 100% Correct. right. Yeah. Yes. No matter what. Even if Trump does something so bad, he loses the election on his own. It won't matter. Right. It's, it's irrelevant to why Trump loses if he loses. I'm not saying he's, I, right now it looks like he's going to win. Yep. Say he wins. Say he loses. Whatever for whatever he loses, it's deep state. Blah blah blah. Right. If he wins, it's Russians. Right. No matter what, it's not illegitimate. That's my point. Because the the country is so divided, no matter who wins in twenty twenty, it is by default illegitimate. And it sounds like the only hope we really have is, like you said, we get liberty to grow some more. And that's why we need people like you to, to really go out there and, and really do what you've been doing. And that's spreading the message of liberty, showing the, the value of it and building up these communities and, and creating some relevancy, honestly, in the Libertarian Party, but also just the greater liberty movement. So I guess, Larry, I, I'll lead the show with this. If people want to not only support you, but also just help support the message of liberty across not only the, the nation, but maybe their, their local communities, Number one, where can they go find you? And number two, uh, what can they do to to help raise that that mission forward? Look, the first thing you want to do is you want to support The Sharp Way. The Sharp Way is going to be good media that talks to lots of people 
and it's what we don't have much of. Social media, blogs, podcasts are the future. We need more of them to be more and more mainstream. I'm As libertarians go, I'm pretty mainstream. So, so let's get as many people <laughs> like me out there so that people can talk. My goal, and this is the issue that I deal with for a lot of people, my goal isn't to talk to the libertarians. That's not my goal. Lots of people do that already. My goal is to talk to non-libertarians. I'm the recruiter. I'm trying to bring people in. The hardcore libertarians who most people think they're so bad. I think they're great. I like them. I want them to be the teachers and the mentors. As I bring in people who are clearly not going to be great libertarians because they're brand new. Right. That's the point. <laughs> yes. Instead of being, get a libertarian, why are they here? And being mad, instead of doing that, instead go, thank you, Larry. We will take it from here. That's what I would like you to do. 100%. So if you want to support that, go to the Sharp Way, support the Sharp Way to the best way. Like the Facebook page, uh, you know, follow Twitter, Instagram, all those things. That's the biggest thing you can do for me. If you care about what I'm doing, go to LarrySharp.com. If you want to donate there, I'd love for you to donate. I'm, cr- I'm crossing New York State and I'm actually doing some, um, I'm actually doing some local um, uh, conventions. Awesome. Well, thank Larry. You're you're doing what I've been saying for for my show from day one is that we need to to reach out to people we don't agree with. We need to have meaningful conversations about the issues people care about and show them that you know we're not these uh you know these Iron Rand uh, complete anarchists out there who are gonna you know take over the world and see it go into chaos. No, we actually want to present real life solutions. They're gonna help make things better. Um, and it's because you know liberty really is the the, the best way to accomplish that. So, Larry, thank you so much for taking some time to, to join me in the show today. Any uh, any parting words or, or words of wisdom there uh, for my audience as we go into uh, the end of 2019? Yes. Stop arguing. Stop debating. And start talking. <laughs> Amen. And with that, folks, thank you so much for joining us on The Brian Nichols Show. And again, special thanks to Larry Sharp for joining us today. Um, as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share with families and friends. That's uh, how we spread the message. But also, go over to iTunes, give us a rate and review. Five stars is always appreciated. And uh, please, if you enjoyed uh, you know, me as host, I, I would appreciate a follow on Twitter and on Facebook or all social media at B. Nichols Liberty. Um, so with that, folks, I really appreciate you joining us on The Brian Nichols Show today. So signing off for Larry Sharp of the new Sharp Way Media. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.